Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. It's your host, with the most, Chris. I hope everyone's having a fantastic day. I know I am. I got on the Baker Mayfield jersey, Oklahoma, because I'm feeling a little bit dangerous because we are on the 25th episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. 25 episodes. That means 25 weeks. I have been doing this podcast. That's almost that's almost close to half of a year. Since there's 52 weeks in a year, we're at 25 right now. And uh, before I get started with the whole episode, I guess just kind of I'm gonna kind of reflect on the last 25 weeks. So for a lot of people that don't know about you know how this podcast works, at least from my end, this isn't like a podcast I do full time because some of you may know that I do have a job and I go to college right now. Sorry about that. So with all that in mind, you know, this is something that I started to help out, kind of get my voice out there. You know, um, I kind of found my passion for being on camera and doing sports and stuff like this. You know, I found it about a year ago and I was very excited whenever I decided to do the podcast. I was very excited. We'll just put that down for now. So I was very excited for all this to happen. I was very excited. And on top of that, you know, it, it has been a lot of work that I have put into the podcast. It's been a lot of, you know, ups and downs and scheduling and stuff like that. It is a lot. Like, don't get, like, believe it or not, it's actually, like, a lot that you have to do and get done, you know, to run a podcast. You know what I mean? So with that, you know, I've, you know, I've just been able to kind of, you know, keep up with it, I guess, uh, back uh, lack for a better word, is I've been able to keep up with the podcast. I've been able to, you know, continue on with this for 25 straight weeks. I even took my set with me on vacation during spring break with my parents and my family. I took everything with me. I They had internet there, and I set it up that way. During the holidays, whenever I first started the podcast, I went to... You know, I went back to see my family. I took my equipment. Well, at the time, it wasn't like this. Like, I didn't have an actual microphone like this and kind of an actual light to, you know, help with everything. Sorry, I'm having technical issues with this microphone right now. But I I, I didn't have any of that. You know, I didn't have any of that stuff. It was more of me with a microphone, like, in headphones like this or on and, you know, with my AirPods. So... For those of you that probably saw the podcast when it first started coming out, you know, you could definitely tell there's a difference now. A little bit more of a setup with, you know, my Funko Pops here. I got the one guy from Italy box right behind me. Got my Liquid Death, my Tech Ring, all that good stuff. And you guys can just see it right now. And I think that kind of just the growth of the podcast. And it's been very, I'm very happy to see that it's continuing to grow. I mean, like I said, we started from just doing Facebook Live episodes, and then it went to me posting on YouTube. And then, a couple about, about a month or two later, we got on Spotify, then we got on Amazon Music, and now we're on Apple Podcasts. So if you want to stream any of the latest episodes or you need to catch up on the episodes, all of them, in the link in the bio on all of my social media, at CAV Sports, CAV Sports Podcast, hit the link. It has YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Amazon Music, you guys name it, it's all there. But to kind of continue on with the kind of just the process with this podcast, you know, it's, you know, it's been very helpful, I guess, in my opinion, in the sense of like, I have a lot of opinions on how things go. And sometimes I see games very differently. Some of you may agree with what I talk about and others, maybe not so much, which understandable. If any of you uh, watch my stuff on TikTok when I post clips, some of you don't agree with what I have to say, or some of you may agree or maybe alter what, whatever it may be. And I love that that's what the podcast has helped grow and kind of get into that realm a little bit. You know, having people supporting me, like, thank you know, thankfully to all my closest friends and family that have been very supportive of this podcast when it first started, mind you. You know, a lot of people were saying I should probably get this started. And I finally did. I took the risk of doing it and I finally got it running. So, the fact that we're here at 25 straight episodes. Like I said, keep in mind, this isn't what I do full-time. It isn't. Like, this podcast is what I schedule in to do on top of me being in college, you know, trying to finish up and graduate. 
And then on top of that, a job that I work to, you know, earn money and pay bills, whatever. Like this is something that I do on the side, essentially, but it's something that I love, I guess, in a sense of, in a sense of it's, you know, it's some, at some points, it's very helpful just to get my opinions out on games or whatever it may be. It's very helpful for that. And then it gives me something to kind of outlet from outside of everything that goes on on top of school and work and kind of life. It's kind of a good way that I was able to get out and, you know, kind of be in my own little world. And I think being here for 25 straight episodes has been, you know, I think it's a it's a real great accomplishment, in my opinion, because a lot of people like, you know, they get it started or some, you know, some people and it's not a knock, you know, things happen and I get it, you know, but for me, I know that if I ever stop slowing down or if I ever took a week off, I just I know I won't do it. And that's kind of, I guess, the mental toughness thing about this whole uh, this 25 weeks of me doing this podcast. So about almost half a year is just kind of being more mentally tough because it, it is hard. Don't get me wrong. It's hard to do something consistently per week for anyone out there that works out and goes to the gym. Everyone knows the first couple weeks of you know, starting a routine at the gym and going is super difficult. Everyone knows that. I know that, you know, it's not easy getting it all done. And it's not easy just to jump in like randomly. It just isn't. And I don't think like anyone could ever tell me different. Like, well, no, it's, it's a lot easier than you think. It depends. But for me, this is kind of like the same realm of it. I believe that, you know, I was able to get this podcast started and keep up with it, you know, even through holidays taking an hour out of my time off of vacation, something, and I was able to get it recorded and started. And I think that's been honestly very helpful. And I think that it kind of shows where I'm, I have in this podcast and what I believe it can go to on top of others, like I said, who have supported me or even people that are just tuning in for the first time, you know, whatever it may be. The podcast right now for 25 straight episodes has been, like I said, just been a, a grateful thing. And I'm so happy that I'm keeping up with it. And I'm so happy that, you know, 25 straight weeks I've been able to do, you know, just on this podcast alone. Because like I said, it's not easy. It's not easy trying to pencil it in on time. If anyone out there has a busy schedule or even just does college, you can see that that takes already a lot of time on top of a job that you probably work a very, you know, a lot of hours in. You know, so scheduling something in, you know, at a time where it, you can make it work is definitely the struggle. But I've been able to do it for 25 straight episodes, and I'm happy to say that it's probably not going to stop anytime soon. It's not going to go anywhere, and I'm very excited for the future of the podcast. Like I said, it's grown since 25 weeks. We've moved from Facebook Live to YouTube and then to streaming platforms, and now we're going to have our first ever live guest, and June 17th with Butterbean, Eric Butterbean the Boxer, which I'm very excited about for at West Texas Comic Con at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center. Make sure you guys go get your tickets for that. If you guys are going to be there, I'll be there that um, for that majority of the weekend. But yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's been a lot and it's been a lot of growth since then. So I'm very, I'm very happy that the podcast has worked out the way it has and kind of the opportunities it uh, brought up. Like I said, it even brought in sponsors for the podcast. One guy from Italy on University, Minton Collectibles South, and then Goldmine Collectibles at West Texas Comic Con helping out, getting the Butterbean interview to go. It's it's just been a, a real big, I guess, developmental thing and a lot of growth for the podcast. And I think that that's something to be very excited about in the near future for this podcast. And hopefully it can just grow more and more. And I'm very excited for what you know what's to come uh, in the future. And like I said... We, we like, we're this is only the beginning. Twenty five weeks. I understand that maybe uh, some people. It's not you know it's not a lot, but for me, being able to do this consistently for twenty five weeks, you know, when it's it's been like like I said outside of the podcast, and I'm not gonna touch on stuff. It's it's not been easy. It hasn't been the easiest road. It, it just hasn't. In all honesty and transparency, it hasn't been the easiest road. But having the podcast here, kind of being able to escape into my own little world of sports and sports talk and debate and my own stuff and my own 
my own explanation interpretation and i only hope to grow from here that's that's all i can really say from here on is it can only go, grow and continue to grow and you know as long as i keep keep up with this essentially is i want to keep up with the podcast and i i plan on it it's not going away weekly uploads of the podcast on youtube spotify amazon apple it ain't going anywhere anytime soon and it's not i know for social media it has been a little bit of a down just because you know i i'm the one doing everything keep that in mind i'm the one that has to go look up topics and find you know find stuff to talk about or things that catch my eye or you know whatever and then on top of that i'm the one that has like i said sets up a date and then i'm the one that sets up posts like i'm the one that does everything i'm the one that edits the videos for youtube and for the podcast so it can go you know with the advertisement stuff i'm the one that completely does that by myself and i think that me learning all that stuff on the fly has been pretty impressive in my opinion but i also believe that it's just it's been a lot of like i said growth and now we're we're in this next stage of the podcast 25 straight episodes with and probably in about three, I would say, yeah, about three more episodes, we're going to be in the Lubbock Civic Center, West Texas Comic Con, and we're going to be set up for that. And that's that's going to be episode 27, I believe, or if I'm going to make it a special episode, or if we're going to do two episodes in a week. I'm not sure yet, but we'll get there when we cross that bridge. But I just want to say for people out there that have been listening, uh, supporting 25 straight episodes, we absolutely made it uh, to 25, 25 straight and going strong. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who supported, who's even if you're a first time listener not knowing who the heck I am. Um thank you so much and I'm very excited. Thank you. 25 straight episodes, but now enough of the emotional talk. Let's get straight into the episode. All right, so first up. So interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hey everybody, Chris from the CAV Sports Podcast, and I want to give you guys a major announcement. The CAV Sports Podcast will have a live episode. Join me June 16th through the 18th at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center for West Texas Comic Con. Make sure to get your tickets today. And on June 17th, we will be having a special taping of the CAV Sports Podcast with special guest, Butterbean the Boxer. I want to thank Goldmine Collectibles and West Texas Comic Con for even making this happen. I'm super excited. Remember, June 17th at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center, live, the CAV Sports Podcast will be going with special guest Butterbean. See you there. So before we move into the NBA, uh, my stars are sadly down 3-0 to the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> last night, the game last night, as of this recording, they played the night before that wasn't good you know ottinger let three goals in the first period and then on top of that jamie ben got kicked out of the game for cross-checking and then the fans threw trash on the ice it was not a good night to be a dallas stars fan but three goals and the the crazier part about the whole this whole situation that we're in is that we could have stole we could have stolen at least two of the games in the past in the past week we could have won game one we could have gotten stolen game two and then sure if this would have still happened at least we'd be up to one and not about to get swept by the gold for the vegas golden knights now with the cross-checking thing i mean jamie ben if you anyone knows how he is he you know he's a physical player and it happened and i think now today it got reported he's suspended for two games so but i mean if we lose and if we lose anyways we're and those two games ain't gonna matter but he's out so we lost our captain of the team and pro and one of our best players on the team and now we gotta have to go figure it out on game four and hope to avoid a sweep and hopefully we can maybe pull off a miracle and come back from this hopefully at least get a game or two under our belts but just under and the goalie work man that's what's been killing us because overtime twice and losing it it's got it's heartbreaking i know confidence flies out of you the minute it happens the minute it happens you let up that many goals it's the same way kind of how soccer works you know you do that you know you let up about we you know one goal two goals your confidence goes down and now you're thinking oh no i can't i can't defend at the goal and now all of a sudden it's like five nothing in a soccer match same thing with hockey you go you let maybe one maybe two you're thinking all right shake it off but once you let three that's when you know everything's going downhill from there 
And that's the worst part of it all, is that he let three in the first period, and the Stars had to pull him and said, you know what, that's enough. Like, three in one period in the Western Conference Finals for the Stanley, to go to the Stanley Cup, and it's not, it's just not good. It really isn't. And Jamie Benn getting suspended, not great either. That was not helpful. But the worst part of it all, and it's more of like an embarrassment thing in my opinion, was what happened when the fans were throwing trash onto the field. And I thought that was very, like, very, very, like, out of... We, we didn't need to do that. We did not need to do that. We really didn't. We didn't need to do any of that. And I think that that's what I was more embarrassed about, was the whole... Was all that. I really was. Because... There's no way you can do that as a fan base, you know, embarrass an organization like that because you just can't, you know, throwing trash. It's already tough enough that these athletes are on ice, you know, with skates and everything. And now we now we're throwing trash at them and who knows what they were throwing. I know the president of the Dallas Stars issued an apology to the Golden Knights and to the National Hockey League about, you know, this whole situation. I'm sure the American Airlines Center is going to crack down on this whole problem and make sure this doesn't happen again. But it's just an embarrassment, in my opinion. Like, I'm embarrassed as a fan. Like, that's how embarrassed I am. Like, I I can't I can't even fathom it, you know? Because for me, I'll get mad at games. Like, trust me, I was furious at the game, you know, and how it was going. You know, even I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I know frustration. Like, trust me, I've I know frustration. Over 20 years of frustration, I know, I know. But go that far and trash something or destroy a TV. Like, I remember watching like some clips from TikTok from the Super Bowl with the Philly fans and the one kid that put money on the game, the one that went viral, and he was like, "No, I got money on this game," and. The Eagles lost, and he just trashed the TV. He threw his drink at the at the screen and stomped. Everyone's trying to calm him down, and he's, like, about to fight everyone. And that wasn't great. That's not a good look for anyone, like anybody at all. Because you, make, you look like a crazy person. You look like you can't control yourself. And I think that that's a problem. You need to be able to have self-control. You know, I get it. You know, I like, trust me, I get it. I do the sports talking thing. I have, I'm a fan of certain teams players i get it like it is frustrating when stuff like that happens but you got to be able to keep yourself under control you know there's there's a there's that difference of you know dang we're down three nothing maybe we can come back and win or like all right well we're we're, we're gonna lose four nothing in the game but compared to like oh we're losing four nothing and throwing trash onto the ice and they have to stop the game clear everything and then resume it like, that's, that's more of you don't have self-control. You need to be able to have self-control to be in a game like that. Now, I know that there was a lot of people that did it, so it's probably going to take either some time or they're not going to be able to find who specifically, like, who specifically did it and who, you know, who kind of started it. So unless that's going to be what the American Airlines Center is going to crack down on. But it's not going to be great. And it does not a look, it's not a good look for the organization either. Like, it doesn't. Like, it makes the stars look like they condone that kind of that kind of action if they seem fit, you know. Now, so obviously, there's some silly ones like the hat trick. Everyone throws their hats. It's a cool tradition that everyone does. That's something different. But when you're doing that, when you're throwing straight up trash because your team is losing and getting blown out, like that is just something I cannot, I can never do. I can't even fathom it. It's just more embarrassing than anything. It's not like oh, like I'm standing up for my team. No, that is flat out embarrassing because. You know, I love the stars and all that, but when I see other fans doing it, I'm thinking, oh my God, now I, I'm going to be associated with that because that's embarrassing to me. And that, that's not even just the stars. That's for anybody, even the Mavericks or Texas Tech, the Dallas Cowboy fans, anybody like that. Like it just, it just looks bad overall. And I don't like associating like with that kind of behavior. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to not be a stars fan. That's not going anywhere. I don't ride that train, but I'll just finish this off is that it's just the fans from that perspective, it looks bad. And that's exactly how rules come up. That's exactly how we don't go to a game anymore. So we just got to keep that in mind that we, like, it happens. We lose, we lose. We're not going to win everything. And I know it's frustrating, but next time, just think about what you're going to do. Think before your actions because there's always consequences. Alrighty, so now we're going to move on to the NBA. So before I get to the Heat and Celtics game last night, 
We're going to go to the Nuggets sweeping the Lakers. I'm not shocked. I kind of figured they were... I thought they were honestly going to win in six. I didn't think that they were going to win in a sweep. And I thought that was... I mean, congratulations to the Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets have proven they're the top team in the West, and they continued it. You know, but last night, so close to possibly having to go to Denver again for a game five, and the Lakers almost pulling it out. Here's the thing, though. LeBron himself didn't have a bad game. He had 40 points. But he only had four minutes of complete rest in a game, aside of halftime. That's not something you should do when you're almost 40 years old. I can understand when he's, like, in his 20 and he's youth and everything like that. But when you're almost in your 40s and you're trying to do that, that's exactly a good way to get injured and not be able to come back to the NBA. That's a great way to, you know, blow everything up. Because he already had a foot injury, which is already a problem number one. That he was He was bugged with the foot injury. He was trying to figure it out and all that good stuff. And what ended up happening... Is that, you know, it hurt him. Maybe he came back a little early from the foot injury and he wasn't the same player again. Because you could tell that after after he got tired, it was no more driving it. It was no more, like, physical LeBron anymore. And it makes sense because he already has a foot that it's already bothering him. And then on top of that, you gassed him in a half and not even giving it to him. Now, whether I think this was poor coaching on Darvin Hammond or it's LeBron being stubborn trying not to get swept, I think it's two different things, because I'm sure Darvin Ham tried to get him out of the game, but LeBron was saying, no, I'm leaving everything on the court, and I'm going to take down the Nuggets. We are not going to get swept. And kudos to him. It really is. Like, kudos to LeBron for putting it all on the court on, this la on the last game of the series, putting it all out, trying to get your team in, at least get a, steal a, get a win at home and build from there. Like, all, all power to you, you know, LeBron, and, you know, all kudos, but when you do that and you're gassed, you're gassed. Like he was not able to do uh, much at all for a little for after a while. He just wasn't able to drive as much because the man was dead. You know, like I said, only about four minutes of complete rest during the game. Every and the only other rest he got was the was halftime. And even at halftime, he ran to the locker room because he needed all the minutes he was gonna get, and it, it just wasn't good. And it sucks because the Lakers had a good game. They could have won the game. At one point, I thought they were going to win because they were ahead at halftime. I'm thinking, oh, they're going to get out of this game and, you know, they're going to go to five. Nope. Just everything went downhill at the end and the Nuggets turned it up. Jokic had that crazy shot at the end. Got him the three that nobody thought was he was going to make and he made it. And that was kind of the ultimate sign of, yeah, the, the Lakers are out. And I, I just want to say, I mean... Like I said, kudos to LeBron for leaving it all on the court. But sometimes, man, you got to get out of your own way. You're trying to win it. Don't. You're not 25 and you're not like in your 20s anymore or even in your early 30s. You're almost 40. And now he keeps his body health like he. it's so important to LeBron. Everyone knows that. The man spends millions of dollars trying to make sure his body is right to keep up his strong play in the NBA for years to come. But he already had a foot injury. And then on top of that, he was it was bugging him. And he came back early to try to, you know, do well in the playoffs. And now, look where they're at. So, to conclude this, I think that if the Lakers... I think if LeBron would have gotten a little bit more rest in the third period, he probably would have had a little bit more gas to close it out in the fourth. But congratulations to the Nuggets, though, for winning the Western Conference Finals. You guys are going to the NBA Finals. I think it's the first time in their franchise history that they're going to the Finals. So, congratulations to them. Jokic wins MVP for the Western Conference Championship, and now let's see who they're going to face. Alrighty, so the next game that was last night, the Miami Heat would lose to the Celtics. What? Now the series is 3-1. to one. What did I see in this game? I saw that the Heat shot poorly from three. They shot 25% from the three-point line, and that's they were already kind of a poor uh, three-point shooting team. They were towards the bottom in the regular season. And now, with this bug showing up, at the crucial game four, everything went downhill for the Miami Heat. Because on top of already shooting poorly, Jimmy Butler didn't have a big game. And on top of that, that Celtics defense, the Celtics defense with about... Eight blocks in a game. And just every time I saw the I saw the Miami Heat get offensive rebounds, it was another block. It was another block. It was another block. I believe the Heat 
out-rebounded the Celtics in offensive rebounds, but none of the shots were landing. It was like the other night with the same situation with the Celtics. The Celtics were not making shots, but they definitely got more offensive rebounds than the Heat did. But why? Because the Heat were actually making their shots. Now it was vice versa. And Jason Tatum showing that the NBA first team All-Pro and why he was that player. And I, I, I agree. He is a great player. He, pro he has proven he can play great. He has proven that he can be dominant like we've seen. But really, what? But really, is it more? Is it going to be consistent? Are we going to see this in Game Five? Go, you know, going into it, we don't know because he what he was doing good. He was doing good, you know, some games and then other games he's just not showing up. He's not making shots. He's nine for twenty-seven. He's five for fourteen, and he's not doing good. But this game, the Celtics picked it up. They really, really did because they knew they were about to face elimination. Now, do I think they're going to come back and win it? No, I don't think so. I don't think. The Heat are going to allow that. I think now the Celtics, they have a chance to at least get a game from home, but I do know that they were also have a low winning percentage at home. So they do better on the road for some reason. Why? I don't know. But they, they're not, they don't have a very good record at home this season. So that's what I think is going to be a factor going into, the, into Game 5, is that they don't play well at home. Like as much as maybe the Heat do, because I think the Heat win more, have won more games at home than the Celtics have. So that's an advantage that Heat can do. You know, just kind of re, you know come back and see what they can fix for Game Five. They don't play well at home, so maybe we can use that to our advantage and go about it that route. However, though, I did see that the Celtics did shoot forty percent. From the three-point lines, which is way better. And that's what we were seeing is that they were just knocking down shots. They look like the Heat from Game 3. They were just knocking down shots. And actually, they are undefeated when they make 15 three-pointers in a game. They are undefeated this season. And that's incredible. So if they can continue that kind of play, I feel, like I said, I don't think they're going to win it in 7. I highly doubt it. I want to say the Heat are going to win it in 5 or 6. If it's not, If it's not going to be Game 5, they're going to win it in Miami. Like, I don't think this is going to Game 7. Like, I think if it was going to go to Game 7, the Celtics should have won Game 3. Then I can see it going to 7. But right now, I see it going 5 or 6. I don't, I just don't realistically see the Celtics coming back. I don't see them having that great of a game again. I don't see them having that, shoot, you know, that kind of shooting percent, high shooting percentage game again in this series because it's very hard to replicate that and on top of that you're not even sure if the heat ends up shooting about 40 percent from the three-point line too because if they do that now you're in a shootout or you may lose depending on if tatum plays good or not or jalen brown or if alf horford comes uh, comes and makes some plays or grant williams whoever is going to be that next person up is going to have to be the person that's going to help get them through the series if they want to get the seven i think not only that J jason tatum needs to be great the rest of the series but i think jalen brown's gonna have to be great he's gonna have to figure it out too and either al harford grant williams Derek white somebody else is gonna have to get them up because the way i see the miami heat and how they play you know everyone even the role players are important to jimmy butler and i think that's very crucial you know to some other teams the role players are like ah, i mean they're kind of you know get in there don't lose the lead you know but jimmy butler he's like nope kyle lowry we have kyle lowry you know he doesn't see him as like role player role players he sees them as like if they're all starters. So I think having that kind of personality in the locker room is going to help a lot. And I think I, I'm pretty sure he's going to come back and say, you know what? We're not done. It's only a game. Let's close it out. Let's go close it out in Boston. So I'm very excited for this next game five, which I believe is tomorrow night. I believe I may be wrong on that, but I'm very excited. I am going to be watching it. I still have the heat winning this. I've, I think that they can do it. I think they can finish it in six. I believe I said they would win it in six. Uh, the first time around, correct me if I'm wrong there, but I do believe that the, the Heat's going to win this in five or six. They're not going to win it in seven because I don't think it will go to seven. Alrighty, so an actually interesting topic that has been circling around the NBA after the Lakers got swept is if LeBron is going to retire from the NBA. <laughs> no, I don't think he's retiring. I don't think he's going anywhere. He's already very, uh, he's been very like strong ho that he wants to play with Bronny. He doesn't want to go anywhere else, or he wants to go wherever Bronny goes. He doesn't want to retire yet until he plays at least a season with Bronny, who's, who's going to USC 
and we'll see. And he also has $90 million, I believe, or 190 something like that. He has a high, a lot of money for the next two years. He's going to make a lot of money in the last two years of his contract with L.A. I don't really see him retiring. I think what is going on is that he's going to evaluate his, his physical health, you know, and maybe mental, you know, because you know, he has done this for a very long time. He has, you know, LeBron has been in the game for a very long time. Everyone saw him when he came out of high school with the Cavaliers and had that. Ten-year in Miami when he formed the Big Three, went back home, now he's in L.A. Everyone has seen this man's career throughout the ages. Now, however, you know, obviously over time, your body's going to start deteriorating. He's at age 38. I think he's done a great job. He's averaged almost 30 points a game, and uh, I believe he averages almost a double-double, or he does average he averaged a double-double for the year. And that's still great because if you average those pretty good numbers, everyone's going to say, you know what, that's pretty good. He's a pretty good player. But it's the fact that LeBron has done it, he's at, he's doing it at the age of 38. And I think that's still impressive. But I think what LeBron needs to kind of sit back and realize here is that LeBron is 38, 39. He's, go, he's pushing 40. Like, at some point, you're going to have to say, hold, like, not retire, but say, you know what, I don't know if I can go as strong anymore because I can get injured. Like I said, this season, he had that foot thing. He came back early, and it was bugging him. So he's been playing on a bugged foot for a long time. And now he's finally going to, you know, he's going to get resting. He's hopefully going to get either surgery or he's going to get get it fixed up and get ready for next season. So I don't think he's retiring. But I think what he's really, really going to uh, really uh, think about here is his physical health. How long can I be strong, LeBron? driving it through all these six foot eight seven foot people in the lane how much longer can i just be explosive and get off the ground and dunk on everybody i think that's what lebron is really gonna think about here because that is true you know he is getting up there in age now like i said he's super athletic gifted everything but he he is pushing he is pushing high up in the age and at some point it's gonna it's gonna dawn on you that maybe i can't do what i used to be able to do when i was 35 Maybe even 35, the youngest, uh, right now. And I think that's what LeBron is going to go into the offseason thinking about. Not really retirement, just where is he at body-wise and where is he at, you know, physically. That's where that's what LeBron should be asking himself, and I'm pretty sure that's what he's going to be, you know, thinking about over the offseason. Is where is he at physically and where is he at, you know, as in terms of how long is he going to be able to keep up his type of playing style. You know, if he's going to have to either evolve it or change it in the, for the sake of being able to last the whole NBA season. Because keep in mind, he still has Anthony Davis. And that man, you hit him with a piece of paper, that man has a broken broken arm. So he has to keep that in mind. He's working with in, an injury-prone Laker at AD. Who knows what's going to happen with Austin Reeves because he may get traded if they get Kyrie or Trey Young, you know, possible rumors. They're going to have to not – they can't sign Kyrie and Austin Reeves. So one of them is probably, you know, either one's going and coming or one, they both may stay or one's got to go, you know. And we've seen, you know, Kyrie hasn't been that reliable either. So I think that thinking about all these scenarios that can come up and it's not and who knows who's going to leave the Lakers. I think that's what he's going to have to think about is can I keep this type of play up? Can I be that player that drives it to the whole strong dunks, you know, takes off in the air, you know, has that kind of speed. That's what I think he's going to have to really, like, just think about here. And I think that he he will come back with a decision and say, no, I'm coming back for another year. And I believe the Lakers are a little bit nervous, but I, I'm pretty sure they all know, and Darvin Ham knows, he's coming back. But who knows what's going to happen with Bronny? Because I know that's kind of the bigger the bigger question, is if Bronny's going to be in college for longer than a year or two, or how long Bronny might might be there. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's going to be LeBron's choice if he wants to stick around for Bronny or what he wants to do. But I think he's going to stay. There's no doubt in my mind he's going to stay. A lot of money on the table. I'm sure he wants another ring. I'm sure he's going to try to get another one. But just reevaluate how you're going to play LeBron and I think go about it that route. Alrighty. So moving on to the NFL. This was kind of an Hey everybody, I just want to take a real quick pause from the podcast to introduce our first sponsor, One Guy from Italy on University. One Guy from Italy on University is a local Lubbock restaurant located right next to Texas Tech University. They have some of the best food in town. I know personally, I go order 
The house calzone is my favorite. And also, they have been voted to have the best calzones in Texas. So if you're ever in Lubbock, Texas, make sure you guys stop by One Guy from Italy on University. And thank you guys for being our first sponsor of the podcast. Now, let's get back to the episode. This was kind of an interesting one. Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben, uh, he went on a podcast or a show and and admitted that he didn't want to see Kenny Pickett be successful. Now, what I found very interesting about this, about his comments about this, and what I felt was kind of interesting, is that this is actually a normal human response. If you sit down and think about this, so stay with me on this one. So, when you get a job, you know, you came, you did really well, you were employee of the month, employee of the year, you got moved up to manager, and then at some point you said, I got to move on. And then they hire a new person. And you're thinking, oh, cool, they hired a new person. But deep down, you may want to think, hopefully they don't do as good as I did. Because if they come back and, you know, even closely replicate what you did, your fear is that you're going to be kind of forgotten. And you're going to be, you know, kind of an outlier. You know, everyone's just going to remember you as... Oh, yeah, Dave from accounting. Yeah, he did good. I mean, he got a couple awards. He was manager for a while, and, you know, he quit. Or he moved on to something else. You know, compared to Steve, who Steve comes in, and he's like, oh, and they're saying, oh, yeah, you know, he was able to rack up these numbers in sales. He was moved up to manager pretty fast, whatever, whatever. I think that that's, that's where Ben is coming from. And I just think that realistically, as a human, it's just something no one really wants to admit. Because it sounds selfish. Now, in my opinion, it's a little selfish. In my opinion. But I'll explain because I work as a different person. But from a devil's advocate standpoint, I I believe that Ben Roethlisberger is within his right to feel that way. Because he came in, you know, he was a superstar for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ironically, he's still not the Pittsburgh Steelers. When you say the Pittsburgh Steelers, he's not the person I think about. But he's still you know he still left a mark in that organization two super bowl champions he's he's an all pro he's been to pro bowls I, I think he won rookie of the year i don't remember if he won rookie of the year but he he has some accolades he has some numbers he worked with some of the best players to ever play troy palamalu ryan shazier you know you name it he's worked with them and what i found astonishing is when he said that and he was not really rooting for his demise and Kenny Pickett's fall. I guess it was more just like he's not hoping he can, you know, oversee, you know, overpass him as in his legacy here. And I mean, first of all, Kenny Pickett has a long way to go. Kenny Pickett has a long way to go before he's even close. He needs to maybe win two Super Bowl, maybe a Super Bowl ring to kind of catch up to Ben. But Ben has two. He's an all pro. He's been to Pro Bowls. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, no doubt about it. So I think Ben has really has nothing to worry about right now because he already left a real big mark on the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he's left his legacy. I don't think it's going anywhere. And I think Big Ben should kind of keep that in mind. Now, from my perspective, here's my thing. You know, for at least because I'm a different, I guess I'm a different kind of person. I don't really think of it like that. I think of it as if I left it in a better place than I found it or I joined I think I did a good job, you know, whether it be I'm forgotten in the future or yeah, like he did pretty good or whatever. Or if I was a founder for a couple years and I sold the company, whatever it may be, even like person wise for like relationships, same thing. Yeah, like if that person may find someone better than you, you know, but I mean, it's life. It's always going to happen. But as long as I, you know, I did what I could. You know, and I made the situation at least better or gray or good in somehow, some way. I feel like I did my job. And it's the same way with a, with, with a job. I came, you know, I come in and I left it better than where I, what I, you know, how I first arrived. And I grew, you know, and I developed and I learned from the experience. And now I can move on and go. That's how I see it. Now, when I heard Big Ben say it, I was thinking, wow, what a selfish man, because you have a big track record and Kenny Pickett and you're scared that Kenny Pickett is going to catch you in like what, like three years? No, it, it, you you have a big resume and big shoes to fill ever since you left. And I think Kenny Pickett knows that. I think the last thing that he wants is someone from, you know, like someone like a, like a big name in the Steelers organization to say, oh yeah, I hope you don't do that well, buddy. 
because, you know, I don't want to be forgotten. And I was like, that's a little selfish. It, it just is, in my opinion. But, like I said, kind of thinking about it and not seeing it as super selfish, I think it's just more, it's a normal human reaction. You know, it's just not something a lot of people will admit. Because when you hear it out loud, you sound like a horrible person. Like I said, when I first heard it, I was like, wow, what a selfish individual. I've never heard anybody ever root for someone's downfall. But looking back at it and kind of sit there and thinking, it's a normal feeling. You know, don't, I don't think that anyone should knock him for that. I think it's normal to feel that way. You know, it's just not a lot of people talk about it, you know. But I'm on the, I'm on the train of, you know, if I left it as good as I, if I did it, what I could do and left it in a good spot, then yes. Even if I trained someone, like whenever I had a, a previous job, I had to train the new people coming in. I did that myself, but I knew as long as they were, they knew enough knowledge like I did and I put them in a situation where they're going to succeed and not be set up for failure, I'm a root for you. Like, even if you pass me, I'm like, good for you. That means I did my job. That means I did my job and you excelled at what I did. And I think that's awesome. So I think that I'm I'm at a different, I guess, mindset-wise, I'm in a different place from Ben Roethlisberger. And I think some of us might need to keep that in mind. But overall, it's a normal feeling, Ben. I, I get it. Some people will feel that, whether they admit it or not. But, you know, I think that's something he should have waited on saying. Or maybe, like I said, maybe like not admit, it that, admit that. But I think you're going to be fine, Ben. Kenny Pickett has a long way to go before he can even try to catch you. So keep that in mind. Alrighty, so next one, kind of an interesting news. Uh, uh, Woolen, the corner for the Seattle Seahawks, is gonna need surgery. What? Now, this—it's uh, not a big surgery. It's just something in his knee. They did the reports did say he should be up and running for July. You know, when OTA starts going and training camp and stuff. And now the Devon Witherspoon pick looks real good, doesn't it? Just in case. I mean. It it's it's a little sad. I mean, it's sad because you know he's a really good corner. He's probably gonna be a staple in that defense in Seattle. And now Witherspoon's gonna come in, and hopefully this injury doesn't affect him in the season. I don't think it will. It doesn't seem like a major one if he can just get it and he'll be ready by by training camp and all that and get ready for the season. I think if it was like an ACL like tear or if it was anything major, then it'd be a little bit more of a concerning factor than say like this kind of like knee this knee procedure because if it's like an acl tear then that's like okay yeah i know this guy is gonna be gone for a, a year and that's a little bit more concerning because i know once you tear an acl i mean we've seen in the nfl and we've seen in the nba you may not be the same person again from the surgery you know because it's it's a complete it's, you know they gotta fix your they gotta fix your tenant and if it was that situation, then it's like, oh, they're, Seattle's going to have an issue because now they're down one of their best defenders and they got to rely on a rookie. But he's going to be back. I don't think Seattle or Seattle fans don't trip. Don't freak out. We're not there. Don't they'll go there. And you had Devon Witherspoon coming in uh, as a rookie and going on the other side. Worst case, he can help out if the knee starts bugging Woodland and go that route. But I think Seattle's going to be okay. I think that Turk Woolen's going to be fine too, and he'll be, he's going to be okay. So Seattle fans, don't freak out yet. Alrighty, so last topic for today. I got on the Baker Mayfield jersey. I'm feeling a little dangerous. 25th episode of the podcast. We're going to talk about Baker Mayfield, my guy. Hope you can watch this episode. Love Baker Mayfield. Loved him since he was in college. Never going anywhere. So... Baker Mayfield is now going to be the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He got he's going to start over Kyle Trask, which is not surprising. So, but what I found a lot of really interesting, in my opinion, what I found interesting is that everyone's thinking that they're going to tank. Like, no, they're going to not. They're going to go tank and try to get Caleb Williams. I don't think they're going to tank. I really don't. I believe in Baker Mayfield. I think that they still have a lot of talent. We got to keep that in mind. It's not like he's going to a team that doesn't have anything like the Houston Texans, Texans did. It's not like what happened with them when Brandon, they only had really Brandon Cooks and Damian Pierce. And that was it. And then Damian Pierce went down. Uh, Brandon Cooks didn't want to play for them anymore. And the Texans were like, you know, out of luck. I don't think it's that situation in Tampa. I think really Todd Bowles is going to be the big question mark in his coaching because obviously they didn't do well when Tom Brady was there. But I believe that 
Tom Brady not doing well was more because he didn't have an offensive line because the offensive line was injured. A lot of them were. The center, the left guard was injured. And they did draft some new people. They got some new people in the draft for an offensive line, so that can help out a little bit. And on top of that, the talent's still there. He still has Mike Evans, an all-pro who's going to be a Hall of Famer. Chris Godwin, who has deep uh, deep field speed. They just got... uh, Tay Barber from TCU, who was a great second-choice wide receiver for Max Duggan on the side of Quinton Johnson. He's in Tampa Bay right now. They still have Rashad White. Leonard Fournette's gone, so maybe they don't have to run with him as much. And they still have a decent defense. So I don't see really what the issue is for like why everyone's thinking that Tampa's going to gonna do so bad. They're going to tank and get Caleb Williams. I don't think so because he has he has more talent here in Tampa than he did in Carolina. Like admittedly, he did because all he had was DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey realistically was hurt a lot. DJ Moore, he was the only wide receiver choice that they really had. Robbie Anderson was not that great. He went to LA. He had to play with third string players in LA because Cam Akers decided to be good for some reason. Aaron Donald was gone. Cooper Cup was gone. Allen Robinson was gone. Most of that defense was gone. The offensive line, not that great. Like, he didn't have a lot to work with in L.A. Of course he wasn't going to do that well. But now coming into Tampa, he has talent. He does. He has good wide receivers to play with. You know, he doesn't have just one. Or even when he was in Cleveland, when they brought in Odell, Odell was hurt. So he had to go to Jarvis Landry and then Nick Chubb, you know, at running back. And they were able to they were able to make it work. Keep that in mind. They made it work in Cleveland when they had Nick Chubb and they had only Jarvis Landry essentially. They made it work. They got to the playoffs. They destroyed the Steelers and almost beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Like, keep that in mind. So he's gonna have talent. Now, do now do I think that this is kind of a no excuse season? I I do think so. Because this is kind of he has talent, he has a solid defense, the the NFC South is weak right now because there's a lot of question marks. No one knows if the Saints are going to be good with Derek Carr. Hopefully he doesn't repl- uh, redo another season like he did this last year. Hope, you know, who knows how who knows how Bryce Young is going to work with the Carolina. You know, they did get Miles Sanders and Adam Thielen, but it's still shaky. They, st- they have a decent defense, but it's still shaky. Same problem in Atlanta. Atlanta, no one's going to know. We don't know what Desmond Ritter is going to be like. You know, we don't know if Drake London's going to have a fallout year. Who knows if Kyle Pitts is ever going to get the ball or catch a ball. And Bijan Robinson is there and with uh, with the flash, uh, Cardell Patterson, and then see what their defense is going to do. So I think there's just a lot of question marks in the NFC South right now. And it's still a toss-up on who can win the division. It's He's not in a strong division like he was in, like, in L.A. because he had to face Seattle and San Francisco and eh, not really – not really the Cardinals because they 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 were on their last legs, and not in Cleveland who had the Steelers and the Ravens and the Bengals and he had to go up against them. This one's a little bit more, not really relaxed, but he it's more of a, you know, less tense. It's up in the air. He may be able to make playoffs. You know, it's not out of the question. Call me crazy or not. Call me crazy or not. It's not out of the question if you look at their division. Because it's not that strong. Tom Brady still uh, Tom Brady Tom Brady almost lost their division to the Panthers last season. That's how weak that whole division was last year. So now a lot of new players are coming in. We don't know what they're gonna be like. So it's a toss up. So I don't think that Baker Mayfield's in a position where he's gonna tank the team because they're not. They have way too much talent to even try that. Like I said, they still have weapons on offense. They have a good offensive line when they're healthy. Their defense can hold their own. And I, I'm pretty excited for Baker Mayfield and his opportunity. And I definitely hope, believe he should be over Kyle Trask because Kyle Trask has never played. And there was a lot of question marks with him because they brought in Blaine Gabbert last year to be second string to Tom Brady over Kyle Trask. So I think So I believe that you know with Baker Mayfield and this situation that he's in, he has the opportunity to prove that he is a good you know, he's a good quarterback, and he can last, and they don't need to go get another one, especially since they're working on cheap. I know that's exactly why Tampa Bay got him, because he's not expensive, you know, but if he can make this year work, he can probably get a contract and get extension, and they can try to build a team around him, but I believe in Baker Mayfield and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
Now, do I think they're going to win the division? I guess it's a toss-up. I think the lowest they're going to get is third. They're going to for sure get second. I believe they're going to get second. Because, like I said, maybe the Saints, because they have a more proven quarterback who's been in the league, a veteran for a very long time. They have So it's going to be them either in first or uh, Tampa. Because Carolina, it's a, it's a big question mark if Bryce Young's going to be any good. I think he is, don't get me wrong, but they only have really Adam Thielen at wide receiver, and let's hopefully Miles Sanders can replicate what he did in Philadelphia. And then it's a big question mark, and the same thing with Atlanta. Big question on who um, if Desmond Ritter is going to be any good. So that's going to be something to also take into consideration. Alrighty, so I see in the comments on the Facebook live feed, rumor has it that Aaron Rodgers has some injuries. Who is shocked? What? Not me, because that man will get out of anything. So, am I shocked that he's possibly has injuries? No, he's he's up there in age. He's like the same problem with LeBron. He's 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 old. He, he's getting up there. He can't really hang with young guys. And I would say maybe the weather, but he was in Green Bay for such a long time. So, who knows what's going on with the injury thing? I'll have to look more into that. But if he is injured, I mean, oh, the Jets are gonna bite their hands. They're gonna, uh, oh, they're gonna hate themselves so much if he's really injured. I'm not hoping he's injured, but I'm just saying the Jets are really going to hate themselves. And I feel bad for my man Jeff, diehard Jets fan for a long time, and they just got Aaron Rodgers, and he may not even play. And there's rumors has it that he's possibly injured. I don't think he'll be injured forever. I mean, I don't think that that's going to be the case. But if he is, like, dealing with some issues, uh, he better get it fixed before the season starts because there is some high expectations in New York. I mean, everyone... A lot of Jets fans and, you know, Jets articles are already claiming that they may win the East. I don't think they will because the Bills are going to win the East, but they're going to be tough competition. But if Aaron Rodgers isn't 100%, then Zach Wilson, I'd start getting ready, my dude, because you're going to have to... Wait, does any, did anybody talk to Zach Wilson about this? How do we not know that Zach Wilson didn't tank the Gatorade? How do we know he didn't, like, you know, you know, kind of knock on his knee a little bit, do some voodoo stuff so he could be starting quarterback? No, no one's asking that. No one's really asking that question. <laughs> but on a serious note, well, hopefully he's all right and he can get it like, you know, he can get it fixed and start the season with the Jets because that's really going to be horrible for the Jets if they don't have their starting quarterback that they traded a lot for. You know, not on top of Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and the tight end and trying to get Odell and then trying to figure out how they're going to get Aaron Rodgers through that whole thing. And not even sure if he's going to play. That's that's going to suck for the Jets. But we'll talk about that in the next episode. But alrighty, guys. That's going to wrap things up on this episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. Like I said, this was episode 25. Thank you to everyone that listens in every week. All my supporters, close family and friends for supporting me ever since the podcast began. I'm very excited for what's to come and the future of the podcast. Make sure you guys follow me on all my social media at CAV Sports or CAV Sports podcast i'm on youtube spotify amazon music and apple podcast and remember i will be at the lubbock memorial civic center june 17th for west texas comic con with special guest butterbean it will be a live episode i'm super excited i'll make sure to keep you guys updated on any information on the social media remember at cav sports or cav sports podcast instagram twitter tiktok you name it i got it but until next time for the next episode i'll catch you all later